Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I've come up with an idea um, yeah. for a product, I think, based on your- Is it something what? we can sell? Of course, it's something we can sell. Oh, I reckon great. I can sell anything to anybody. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a product, I think, to help your troubled elbows because I know that they've- ex- So, not only can we sell it, but it will help out my elbows. Okay. <laughs> they've, I mean, they've, yeah. Your elbows have experienced the harsh um, tundra of Sydney winter. <laughs> so, now um, I've come up with a genius <laughs> idea. Um, and okay. What does it tell me? It's a chapstick for, the, for an elbow. Yeah. So, I don't know, a big chapstick. This, you know, oh, like a giant, a giant chapstick, you know, <laughs> like the exact girth of an elbow. That's right. I don't know. It's very early to use the word girth, but anyway, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. We need to we need to get this on the market. We do. Okay. I'm going to start working on this in my little brain. See what I can think. Yeah. Of. What are we going to call it? We need it, like a good snappy name for it. Mm, I reckon <laughs> a snappy name. I mean. Yeah. Where could we go with this? A giant chapstick yeah. for the for the elbow. Yeah. The elbow chap. Wasn't well, the elbow, the elbow, <laughs> elbow helper. The elbow is the eye of the arm, isn't it? It's like the eyes of the yeah. face. It's the eye of the arm. Well, you yeah. know, we could we could call it. Um, we could call it. Uh, you know, what are those things called that girls used to love in the nineties and two thousand? And they smelt like fruit. Yeah. And- so my 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 sister had all of those. Um, Things they smell like cherry and watermelon and like lemonade. Is it lip smackers? Yes, Bonnie Bell lip smackers. <gasps> we can call it Bellbows, <laughs> like elbows, but Bellbows. <laughs> like imagine, I love it. Bellbows, get your Bellbows on. I can see caps. I can see sweaters. Yeah. I can see Bellbows written across it. You know, <laughs> don't leave the house without Bellbows. Wow, you've got such beautiful, <laughs> smooth elbows. What have you done to them, Bellbows? I love your Belbos today. Roll up, roll up. Get your Belbos. Get your Belbos. Fresh Belbos. <laughs> my elbows. My elbows are dry, damaged, brittle. I wish they were soft and silky. <laughs> well, have we got some product for you? New Belbos available from Fruity Alexia. Okay. Well, TM and trademark. Yeah, nobody and can steal our copyright. ideas. Yeah. It's our idea. Let's get these into production yep. right now. <laughs> Literally going to Google how to do that right now. Excellent. Well, I think we've got our first piece of merch. So oh, I'm excited. Uh, should we get on with the show? Let's.
Welcome back to Fruity Alexia. This is episode five, and I am Alexander. And I'm Alex. Is it five already? And it is great to have your company with us on this day, this important day where we have coined Belbos. You you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Belbos. It's the biggest new beauty product trend craze thing. It's going to take over the world. Yeah. Pre-order them now. Yeah. Look out, Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I'm coming for you. Youngest self-made billionaire in America. I'm going to be the oldest self-made gay, bald, <laughs> bearded billionaire-ish in Australia, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking through it. Like, are they going to be able to fit into a handbag? Well, we'll start a new trend. Or is it trend. going to be like we'll start, a scaled up chapstick? Yeah, we'll start a new trend. We'll, we'll bring in bigger handbags. We'll bring bigger handbags back. Yeah, brilliant. We Love have it. the power, Alex. <laughs> Speaking of coining things, I've been editing. <laughs> I've been editing these podcasts, and you know, rather than writing out Fruity Alexia podcast on all my file names every time, I've just been writing FAP, which I thought was <laughs> quite <laughs> funny and perhaps a little bit apt. Like FAP, <laughs> like WAP, like Cardi B WAP. Well, oh, you're going to hate me, but I don't really know what that is. Oh, my share. Are you serious? <laughs> How can you? Firstly, do you know who Cardi B is? That's the first question. Yeah, only because it, she got her name from Bacardi, right? But just switched the letters around. Okay, not really, no. You've got to go and watch the Jimmy no. Fallon interview where she explains how she got her name. Uh-huh. But, yeah, okay. she's it's kind of where she kind of gets it from. It's Her sister's got a name. I think her sister's name's Hennessy, and so they the nickname for her is Bacardi, uh, and it got shortened right, to Cardi okay. B. And there's a whole because I think her real name is something like I don't know Balthazar. Balthazar, Bal- <laughs> not not Balthazar, not Balthazar, but it's, it's something like that. Bella, Bella, I know it's something. It's kind of something fabulous. Um, and yeah. then she got this nickname. But in in any case, we digress. Cardi B is fantastic, and this. I can't believe you don't know this terribly scandalous song that came out a few months ago. Wap. Yeah, it rings a bell. Was it just And it stands it stands for something that I don't know that well we can say it on here. Can I say it on here? Oh, I do know what What do you is. think it stands for? Well, I do yeah, I know what it stands for. And it's not I don't know, I'm too much of a prude to say it. It's not the it's say not about it. the language. <laughs> okay, I'll let you say <laughs> I'll let you say the one. First word. word's wet, right? Huh? Wet. Yeah, wet. And then arse would and be the... Yes, yeah. and then what's the last word? Tell us, Alex. Go I'm on, say it. No. <laughs> People can Google that much and have um, like a filter on before you do, I think, especially if you're at pussy. work. Pussy. Yeah. Pussy. There you go. Pussy. Wet ass pussy. Yeah. Or I think if you're in America, it'd be wet ass pussy. Okay, right. <laughs> it probably sounds a little bit boring when you... bits bit sort of staid and boring when you say wet ass pussy. But um yes, wet ass pussy. Yeah. And why are so, we talking about this again? <laughs> because of FAP. Oh, F-A-P, yeah, FAP. That's W-A-P, right, yeah. FAP. Yeah. So hashtag FAP. You can tag us yeah. on Instagram, FAP. Hashtag FAP. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that people will think that stands for, yeah. but sure. Fruity Alexia Podcast, of course. <laughs> anyway, it's very clear. That I've been living under a rock. I mean, we're in, I'm in Sydney and I'm stuck indoors in a nice little lockdown, which is fun. <laughs> mm, you're in the lucky D. Yeah, but you managed to make it down to Hobart over the weekend. I did. Very fortunate that I live in Brisbane and my family are in largely in Tasmania. Yeah. So, um, you know, the two places that really are kind of free to live generally as they need to, as they can, as they want to. Mm. And uh, so I got to pop down for a very quick fleeting 48-hour visit to Hobart to see my family, very which nice. was really nice. Do you enjoy going back? 
I do enjoy going back. I also enjoy leaving. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's nice to go down there and see everybody and it's crazy how, you know, I, I've lived away now for longer than I lived there. Yeah. And you you know, every I time I go back, I sort of forget how pretty it is there. Like it's really it's nice down pretty. there. Yeah. Mm. Although some, like sometimes like if I'm walking through the city or something, I sort of get a bit stuck on the things that haven't changed more than the things that have, I think. But same. Once I'm I've forgot, same. once I've got over that, I'm like, oh, it's really nice down here. <laughs> I'm amazed at how much I know and remember all the directions everywhere and how to drive everywhere and where to go. And it just, I can't believe that I still remember all of that and how to get everywhere. And, and, but I am, I, every time I get home, I, I am sort of struck by its beauty. And I love getting off the plane because in Hobart, for those of you that haven't been to Hobart, you get off the plane and you walk down like a little ramp. Hobart International Airport. Yep. Hobart International <laughs> Airport. And you will get off the plane, you walk down a little, gangway onto the tarmac so you actually walk across the tarmac and um and i love as soon as i get on the tarmac i love sort of taking this big deep breath and kind of taking in all this beautiful fresh clean air and i just immediately feel sort of cleansed and purified and peaceful i think yes it's so great to be here and then you get outside the airport and you start seeing you know all the uncared for nature strips that the council has kind of let go to rack and ruin. And you start <laughs> seeing people kind of heckle you out the side of some kind of dilapidated minivan, you know, oh, I love your coat. I've got an idea. How about if you just fuck off? <laughs> love my coat from afar. Keep your opinion to yourself. Wind your window up and go to the dentist. Pretty much that's how I feel about people when I'm leaving the airport. That's <laughs> such a specific <laughs> example. <laughs> <laughs> it was very specific. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> we do. We do. We're here to talk about Bardo, of course, and uh, the of wonderful uh, reality television series, Pop Stars Australia. And I've, I mean, I've got a bit of a confession. I got excited watching this the other day and watched about three or four episodes ahead. Alex, <laughs> I know, oh. I know. And now, actually, it's bad because I'm a bit confused about like what we're talking about today and what I've already seen ahead. But <laughs> well, that's very disappointing. Yeah. And I can assure everybody listening at home or wherever you are, I have not watched ahead. I am staying true to my word, and I'm watching episode by episode yeah. as we record, so that I can. Uh, re- retain my fresh perspective. Yeah, but you know what? In a way, I'm glad I did because it just got me so excited because it, it gets really, it starts to, it's less about like this massive group of people and it just focuses in on the band and I really forgot just how much, like this was the biggest news story of the year 2000, right? Like, it was huge. Yeah, it was massive. Like it was the coronavirus of the year 2000. Like it took <laughs> over that much of the news. It was. I mean, other than the Olympics that same year, yeah. it was the biggest thing on television. You know, it was the it was the um, Olympics you know, was the Olympics. The, the year two thousand, the Y two K thing. You know, everyone thought the world was going to end at midnight in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I remember sitting up listening to Jennifer Lopez, thinking, right, well, here's the countdown. Here's when the whole world blows up. All the computers won't be able to handle it because they won't know how to handle the date change. Too much J Lo. <laughs> and then, nope. Just kept playing J-Lo and into the year 2000 we went. So we survived. We survived the new millennium. And then we we had this phenomenon, this pop stars phenomenon as a precursor to the Olympics. I mean, it was a big year, 2000. It was, wasn't it? Big year. All right. Let's get into it then. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so a little bit of a recap. We're... So this episode, we're reminded of the final 10 contestants in the exact same montage that they had at the end of the previous episode. <laughs> and then, of course, the super catchy theme song begins. Who are those mystery dancing ladies? <laughs> Blurred out. <laughs> Did you ever think about <laughs> that? Like, who are those dancers? Anyway, like, didn't, are they disqualified from being in the competition? Who knows? I think, I think they're just some... Ministry of Dance dancers, probably. Right, yeah, and they're probably from the New Zealand series anyway. In the first scene, the judges play with what looks like a memory game matching up the band, sort of, you know, they've got a row of five and they're sort of switching photos around. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to fit the best kind of mix of the group together. And then the rest of the show is just the judges doing home visits, either rejecting the finalists or trying to do misled or slightly embarrassing sort of switcheroo where they pretend the <laughs> contestant hasn't gotten in, but then they finally reveal that they have to some very mixed reactions. <laughs> so strange. Yeah. It was such a, so weird to watch back because they're a little bit sort of, oh, I yeah. mean, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Am I in? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's no so confetti, weird no nothing. But, <laughs> of course, it's very exciting to find out who the five pop stars are. Alexia. So, yes, a few awkward exchanges is like it's definitely like proto reality TV this episode, isn't it? Oh, very. I mean, it, oh, I mean the whole thing has been so you know crudely produced as I've said many times before, but this bit really is. I mean, this is so shonky. Yeah. This is like shonky backwater community television BS. <laughs> yeah. This is some <laughs> this is some shady fucking camera work, some shady fucking amateur editing, some bullshit production. It's pretty fucked, really. When you see it kind of roll out and you just think there is no glamour, there's no build up, there's no hype, there is no like narrative to the episode. No. You just see that little 
pre-cut package at the beginning where they're kind of placing photos around. They're like, oh, she's very similar to her and, oh, she's very similar to her. And you can imagine the conversation that they're having. But that's all you get is the you imagine the conversation they're having. Yeah. And then, and then you, they just cut to this, you know, the rest of the episode is just the judges walking up people's front paths to tell them if they did or didn't get in. It's yeah. the weirdest, like, most uninspiring thing. Like, can you imagine if on MasterChef they, like, they finished the final ten by going into their houses, like, unprepared with one camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no confetti, no, you know, nothing. It was just very basic and awkward. <laughs> well, I can't think of a reality show where anybody, where they really do that now. I mean, going to their house is a crazy, I mean, you imagine if you're one of the top ten, right, and you know that they're coming to, like, you know, if you are or aren't in the band, surely you would think, in your mind, well, they're not going to come to my house and knock me back with a camera crew, surely. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I don't true. think anybody would go, ah, oh, they're going to come and knock me back and they're bringing a camera crew. I reckon all of those ten top ten girls all thought that they were in. Yeah, I think so too. That's my guess because as if you wouldn't, it was the first time this had been done. Still freaking so weird that they thought, oh, we'll go to people's house and reject them on national television. Yeah. In their home. Yeah. It's different to do it in a studio <laughs> or a soundstage, but we're going to do it in their house and then be like, bye. And, like, the judges aren't really doing a very good job either, like, especially Jackie O. I think she's not very good because they're trying to do this thing of, oh, you know, we had a lot to choose from and it was very difficult and, like, make it feel like they're about to be rejected and then they go, and ta-da, mm, you're yeah. in. And it's very forced from Jackie O and, you know, the reality format was very new, of course, and there was nothing to yeah. compare it to. But, like, she'd probably been told to do it by the producers on the way and never really practiced it. And then suddenly she's sitting there facing the contestant thinking of how this plays out on the fly. And it's just not well, what totally. I mean, she, she was so new to that world also. Don't forget that was the other thing. And yeah. I reckon she's just sort of been bungled off the airplane into a cab and on the way somebody's gone, oh, Jackie, this would be really funny. Let's do this. It'll be great TV. And she's gone, okay. And then sort of in the moment she's had to kind of wing it and poor thing. She's It's not delivered particularly. No. Well, it's not got great finesse to it, and and um, it really is misread most of the <laughs> most of the time <laughs> by the um, by the contestants who are listening to it. They're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm out, yeah, oh, I'm in. They just look I confused, don't, don't they? <laughs> and actually, like contrary to that, Chris Moss actually does quite a good job of it. I think I agree. Yeah, clearly he's probably done it a lot. because yeah. he's at Warner and music, and he's probably done probably rejected a whole bunch. Yeah, of he's got the script already in his head. Although he is. I think he's starting to creep me out more and more each episode. Like what, one of them answers the door in her nighty, and just the grin on his face when she closes the door to put something proper on is like <laughs> gives me <laughs> creeps a little bit. But you know, it, who knows? It's all editing these reality shows, isn't it? So. Well, I don't know. I, is it all editing in this series? It's, it's not all editing. No. <laughs> in this series, it literally is like play pause editing. That's yeah. what it feels like. <laughs> That's about as edited as this gets. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, Michael, also Michael Napsley, one of the other judges, he goes around, I can't remember who it is, but he comes out and they're sort of interviewing him on the street afterwards and he makes a statement, something I like... I think it's Sophie. That's Sophie, yeah. Yeah, because he's talking about how, jo you know, um, gregarious she is and jovial. Yeah. And he sort of comes out and goes, you know, rock music in general, it can be so po-faced sometimes. And, you know, I wasn't entirely sure what po-faced meant, so I Googled it and a picture of Michael Napsley came up as the definition. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, that's not actually true. <laughs> no, but it's not true. What does it mean, Alex? Tell it. Tell well, the world. It's like what does stern mean? and austere and takes Solemn, itself very yeah. seriously, you know, um, which is him. And also rock music. <laughs> like this isn't, he's not making rock music. The show is called yep. Pop Stars. I know. And also <laughs> I love that he says that, but even he doesn't even manage any rock stars either. That's the only thing. Like he manages pop stars and this is a show about pop stars yeah. and these girls are being pop stars. There's nothing rock about it. I don't know if in his mind. Just because he hangs out with Red Simons on Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, it wouldn't even be Red Simons. He would he would literally be like, he would he would be like thinking like, you know, rock music, you know, oh, I'm, I'm in the music industry, you know, oh, yeah, grungy house rock. He'd be like passing, you know, Daniel Johns or whatever, yeah. you know, in a in a local He's got IGA regurgitator in his teledex, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would think because he has a regurgitator single that he is into rock music. Bless. Luckily, you know, this episode's more about the contestants. So there's 10 and then they yeah. have to get rid of five so they can have the final band. So should we chat through the losers first and then move on yeah, to the I winners? Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. And I think the weird thing about this was, you know, it's the first time we're getting a good look at many of them. Yeah. And it's it's a weird thing because you're getting you're seeing these people in really for the first time, but they're getting rejected. So it's a bit hard to kind of get a read on whether they were that good or not anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's just like, oh, you're in or oh, you're out. And you're kind of like, oh, I guess the right decision was made here. You don't really know, do you? Yeah. As a viewer, you don't really know that they were or weren't. You don't really have a, a stake. A sure thing. Yeah. So it's funny. And I think they sort of edited it so the ones we kind of knew were going to be in are at like the beginning and the end. Yeah, I think so too. I do think that it was obvious that they'd, it was pretty obvious who they were going to pick by the editing. Yeah. Shonky editing as it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but definitely I thought it was quite strange because, you know, we got these little sort of moments, these little backstories and little snippets of information about these people who were going to be rejected. I don't know if they thought, oh, well, this is a bit of a consolation prize. We'll give them their 15 minutes of fame with a bit of a backstory about their career or their experience. And every, you know, time that a new judge turned up to one of the houses to, you know, knock somebody back or, or put them in the band, the narrator kind of came across with some little very, very quick bio for each girl. Yeah, that's you right. Know, what they'd done, where they trained, all all their experience, how fabulous they were, and then they got the okay or the the not okay yeah. vote from from the judge. And it was a bit weird because you're kind of like, oh, so this person who we've not seen at all has had 17 years experience. Yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're not in. Yeah, what? It was really strange. <laughs> and I think um, the first one that they knock back is Bree Carhill, and she's a good yeah, example Kale, of this, yeah. where. They're sort of like, oh, you know, she's trained in ballet since she was a toddler and blah, blah, blah. Um, and they sort of tell her, I think, that she's too theatery and that's why she doesn't get into the band, like in the mix of it. It's not that you're not talented yeah, enough. Yeah, like Jackie O sits down and, yeah. yeah, she sits down with her and she goes, you know, we had to take a lot of things into account like age, personality, dancing ability and singing ability, obviously. And I would say that, you know, Brie Kale is one of the better singers definitely of the whole lot, the snippets that you've got there and in other parts that I've, other things I've seen or heard of her. But, you know, when she's had eight years training with the National Theatre and 16 years ballet training, mm, I don't know if, I don't know, It's it, you just kind of start getting this impression of, okay, well, they're really fitting character moulds here. You know, they're re- it's very much like they're fitting roles, like casting roles. They're, yeah, they've kind of decided who they're doing, you know, for that reason. Um, but I love, the thing I loved about Brie Kale, I loved her little cardigan over her floral dress. 
Oh, I didn't spot it. She had like a little um, twin, like almost like a little kind of like two button sort of thing. It was a cute little cardi over a little classical, her little um, floral dress. Yeah. And it was super, super cute and very of the time. Right, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, she was very pretty and excited and smiley and she kind of knew that she wasn't in by saying, oh, yeah, look, I know that I was probably too theatery. And, you know, yeah. Jackie O comes out and kind of says to her, you know, I think she knew that, you know, she was too theatery and she's going to have a great career ahead of her anyway and, you know, blah, 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 as if that's some kind of um, concession for being chucked off this yeah. group on, on TV. And, and you know, she she says, you know, oh, yeah, look, I didn't think I was going to get in. You know, I, I'm probably too classical and, and the other that's girls right. are, you know, more funky. And, um, you know, on the funky side. And I remember at the time the word funky was making like a, a post-1970s comeback. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love the word funky. I used it way too much. Oh, yeah. And um, We could have called this funky I, Alexia anyway. Oh, we should have. <laughs> it doesn't called, make as much oh, sense. well, too late now, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of a cute little moment there. But, you know, she kind of had the last laugh about pop stars because she went on to do Pop-Tarts, the um, spoof group that was on Good News Week. yeah. I did, you know, speaking of, I did miss the cardigan, but I loved her mum's haircut. It was, I think I've gone on before about the mod look that I was talking about and how it really suits older people. I think if you're unsure of where to go and you're getting a bit older, look up mod haircuts. I think people, hairdressers in Australia don't really know what it is because I've asked for it a few times and they just (laughs) give me a blank stare. I had to explain to someone who John Lennon was once. Anyway, that's a whole other story for another day. Embarrassing. Um, Yeah. The problem with that story is I come out of it looking the worst. So anyway, <laughs> I'll tell it another time. Um, okay. But you know the the Brie Cahill, her um, they had they're in there sitting on these Chesterfield couches, which at the mm-hmm. time you know back in those days, and you know of course I've changed my mind now, but I thought it was a time at the time the Chesterfield was a symbol of wealth and snobbery and, you know, they've, they've got one of those um, cupboards in the background with, you know, the Royal Dalton and the Spode sort of on display in the background. Yeah. <laughs> do you, yep, do you yep. remember that? Like you put your plates well, up look, and look, if she's had 16 years of ballet training, eight years at the National Theatre, yeah. they must have a fair chunk of coin, that family. So I sort of, like compared to all the other contestants, I sort of went, hmm, I've, got, I've got your number, Brie. You've, I know that type. You do. Look, I agree. I totally could feel it too. Um, the In contrast to that, <laughs> you know, is <laughs> Tiffany where Chris Moss turns up and, you know, Chris Moss is like he can't find her apartment and the narrator says it and he kind of walks past the apartment and, you know, he walks back and tries to figure it. And finally he finds Tiffany's apartment <laughs> and it has starfish stuck on the front <laughs> door, like dried starfish. Fish. Yeah, but like the like, sort of pastel with glitter, every, yeah, like everyone like remembers been these. She's bought them from the redeck shop or something, yeah. or someone has. <laughs> anyway, and then he knocks on the door and she opens it. She just kind of holds it too and she's sort of squinting. She's kind of asleep, half asleep, and she's yeah. like, oh, I'm in my nighty. you know, I've got to put some clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> just the funniest <laughs> thing because it's not like she didn't know that they were coming. Yeah, exactly, just, yeah. Maybe she's gone out for like a drink the night before or something and she's like, I'm going to party hard because tomorrow I'm going to be in a pop band or something. And then this is kind of, <laughs> she's opened the door. She's like, oh, I forgot you. Like, oh, I'm in a nighty. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. let me just get dressed. And, you know, they kind of, they she shuts the door on them and Chris Moss looks like the Cheshire cat from he Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But then, and then she it, opens up the door again and she's still sort of buttoning her trousers up. <laughs> I know, I know. When she opens it properly, you get a peek inside what is like a little bed set, like a studio apartment with a yeah. bed in the living room. And the, the covers are just flung off and open. So she's, I, I think she's really just like rolled out of bed to open the door and gone, oh, shit. 
And she's shut the door, pulled on some jeans, hasn't even pulled the bed covers over, and she's still buttoning up the jeans yeah. as the door opens for a second time. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it so much. She's, like, shoving or washing away in, like, these little basket drawers. It's really, really it's really funny. It's like, and he's sort of sitting there with her on the edge of her bed. I know, and you can kind of see the covers up around them, <laughs> behind. <laughs> Did you ever, have you ever lived in a bed sit? Um, no, I haven't lived in a bed sit. Oh. Unfortunately, I haven't been as lucky as some. <laughs> but have you, Alex? Look, I have, yeah, I lived in a place, you know, I could do the washing up while I was still in bed. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of, they're kind of okay, I think. You know, you get, you get used to it really quickly. I think the worst part was I was like sharing the shower with everyone on the level that I was living on. That was pretty That's gross. revolting. Um, but other than that. Where did you do that? Was that in Sydney? No, this was in London. Yeah. Gross. But I was living so central. Yeah. So it was worth it. No way. I mean, the idea of it, a little bed sit would be cute. I think that's fine. Yeah. If you have your own bathroom. You could not pay me to share a bathroom with strangers. How absolutely revolting. <laughs> I've never been backpacking either. So that tells you a lot about me. I mean, I'll backpack, but probably it's going to be a Vibe or an Ibis hotel. You know, that's my version of backpacking, the lowest form of hotel you can find. Tiffany, like she can't be earning that much though if she's in a bed sit because I think they say she's li- she's working at the Hilton. Is that right? Yeah, so it looks like she's she's sort of, they do a shot of her at work, which I think is really interesting because not many people got these kind of pre-done packages. Yeah. And she, you get this shot of her in her uniform. I don't know if she's folding something or she's writing something at the Hilton and they say she works there and they say she's a lead singer for a, for a band. Mm. Um, but I was thinking it's interesting that they bothered to film that. Yeah, sort of like they've gone to her workplace. In-situ packaged at her workplace. It's almost like they know... <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they know. Yeah. <laughs> almost like they know. I wonder if that was done later. Yeah. I yeah, this is where me having watched ahead becomes a problem because I know the answer to this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, don't tell me because yeah. I haven't watched it ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah. So it's interesting. And you know, when um, you know, Chris Moss is sort of sitting there chatting to her and he's sort of talking about, you know, working out the combination, you know, everyone in their own right deserves to be a part of it. And, um, you know, and he sort of says, I'm sorry that, you know, you're not, you're not in the group. Hmm. Um, and she, she says, yeah, I did think that, or I thought so. And he said, oh, why did you? And she said, oh, I was really sick during the week of, of auditions. Yeah. Which sounds like an excuse a little bit, maybe. It sounds a little bit like an excuse, especially given we saw the other footage of her saying she drank six glasses of champagne. And now she's clearly hungover from, you know, after work. Yeah. But also, I mean, maybe she had a feeling anyway, just because of how people were interacting with each other in, you know, in the actual week in that town hall, wherever they were auditioning. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what she means about, you know, she had a feeling about it. She's just kind of come up with a really sick excuse anyway. It's sort of like, you know, I think a lot of performers do that. A lot of people, when you finish a show, someone will say, oh, that was fantastic. Well done and a great performance. And you kind of go, oh, well, look, I could have done better. You know, I wasn't feeling well or oh, yeah. my throat wasn't quite right or I didn't really perform my best. And um, you kind of, it's like a sort of an ingrained thing in a lot of performers, I think, to kind of fob off when they did well. They can't accept the praise. It's a bit uncomfortable for people who like the attention. They don't like that one-on-one kind of praise. Yeah. And um, that's quite a common thing. And I, right I had now. actually an acting teacher once who who said to me, when when somebody, when an audience member or a viewer says to you or a listener says to you, you know, you did a great job tonight. You did a great show. Well done, whatever. You, you know, always thank them. Yeah, I always totally agree. Always be gracious and thank them because it is the, you know, you don't want to disrespect what their experience was of your performance. You know, you might have had a sore throat. They don't know that. I totally agree. It's like going out at the, like if you go out at the curtain call and everyone's clapping and you just like, 
turned around and walked off, you know. It's the equivalent of doing that. You've got to sort of acknowledge that they sat there, paid attention to what you were doing, and they yeah. had their own experience of it. So Yeah, they paid money. They showed up. Yeah. They enjoyed it. They They enjoyed it enough to tell you to your face that they enjoyed it. And then to say to them, oh, look, I think I could have done better is actually like yeah. saying, well, you kind of got a bum steer here. Yeah, you came on a shit night, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. So from that time when the acting teacher told me, I never ever said again, oh, I could have done better. Yeah. I just always was like, thank you, thank you. So I kind of get why Tiffany's a bit like that here. A very wise acting teacher you had. You know, I, I can see how that would be and her default. I guess it's different because she's being rejected as well, you know. <laughs> so they're telling her, she, you did a bad job. You didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> Although I think Chris Moss does keep going sort of, you're very talented, you're very talented. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He just and, he keep, and she is. I mean, that's the thing too. She hmm. sings in a cover band and she is fantastic. That's the thing with Tiffany that I can't kind of get over. And if you've watched Ahead, you probably have a better idea than I do. You can't, for the life of me, figure out why they just didn't pick her from the get-go. But yeah. anyway, because um, <laughs> she's so great. But anyway, we digress. We digress. The uh, <laughs> we've got to get back to the other losers. So can, if we didn't we digress, can... this would be about five minutes long, though. So. <laughs> I know that's true. Um, <laughs> so the next the next person that gets the shaft is Louise Messenger, who is um, Katie Underwood's um, you know best friend from from school camp yeah, or whatever right. yep. from the episode few episodes ago, um, and she's just such a ball of energy and such a great personality she's just sunshine rainbow and lollipops and i kind of love that and she welcomes i think it's chris moss into her house maybe i'm not sure which one it is i can't remember and then she welcomes him in and it's this whole thing of like she's bubbly and buoyant and and anyway basically they start telling her that you know their experience of trying to decide who's in the group and she starts by going i don't envy you at all anyway whoever it is just kind of interrupts and stops her there mm. and then says look you're not in the band and she goes, oh, thank you so much. You know, I've had such a hard week or a couple of weeks, you know, where I've been really just trying to decide what I want for my life. A weight's been lifted, you know. I'm, I'm really proud of myself and how I've done. I've done damn well. And and she has to get yeah. to this point. Oh, I can see here from the notes it was Jackie O. Great. Okay. Thank you for that. Jackie O. So, yeah, so Jackie O's had that conversation with her. And, and I, I think she handled it so, you know, um, positively. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Jackie O's. Fabulous, by the way. Can I just say that Jackie O is sitting there in this little yellow singlet with a pink, a long pink skirt. It's so 2000s and it is so fabulous at yeah. the time. The whole show, I mean, because obviously it's filmed over a few different days and she changes her outfit and the whole time you're just like, oh, you, you know, you know what you're doing. Yeah, you're just like, oh, you've got a cute little wardrobe at home, haven't you, doll? Yeah. Maybe she's got one of those uh, computers like Cher from... From Clueless. <laughs> from Clueless, You mentioned yeah. that last episode yeah. of Pretty Alexia as well. You've got an obsession <laughs> with this moment in Clueless of Alicia Silverstone. Was well, Alicia Silverstone your crush in the 90s? No, I don't think one so. I think I just, I was a movie fan and Clueless was a good movie. Brilliant movie. And Paul yeah. Rudd before Paul Rudd was as famous as he is now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in his like Czech... Flanny shirt, Such yeah. A babe. Josh, <laughs> my brother, her brother Josh. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, so look. Anyway, then we've got Jackie O in her cute little outfit, and she's walking down this sort of driveway with this like random unit block after she's sort of delivered the harsh news to Louise Messenger, and she just kind of strolls down and. And um, she's talking to the camera as she walks down sort of this driveway with, you know, the little bit of strip of lawn down the middle of it. Oh, yeah. It's that kind of a thing. And it's kind of quaint and, and all of that. And you kind of feel a bit relieved, actually, that Louise took it so well because, you know, she she was really great. And actually, do you know what Louise is doing now? I have no idea. 
I did a bit of an internet stalk. She does have her own website, um, louisemessenger.com, um, and she actually lives in London now. Fancy. She sings jazz. She's got a, a full-on, you know, career singing at various different, you know, um, uh, pubs and, and events and, oh, cool. you know, swing groups and jazz groups and, you know, she's performed all around Europe and done all this different stuff and she's, you know, a lot of stage stuff, cabaret stuff, performed at the Fringe Festival in Adelaide and various different, you know, places around um, the traps, Yeah, you know. So I think good on her really. She's had a fabulous career post this. Yeah, and another one who I thought had a bit of a, like, jazzy voice was Lee Shorten actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, and yeah. I'm sure she's gone on to do a bunch of stuff afterwards, but um, she'd also... They reveal that beforehand she'd been Posh Spice. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she'd played the character of Posh Spice basically in the touring production of the Spice Girls Review, which, by the way, I went and saw at the Derwent Entertainment Centre. Of course. So I, and I loved it, by the way, and I think, <laughs> I actually think I still have the concert program from the Pops, from the Spice Girls tribute show. Oh, my God. Um and maybe the, I think it was called Girl Power. I think that's what it was called. And I've got the actual ticket stub still. Oh, that rings a bell. And it was so exciting because it was the closest thing you'd ever get to the pop, to the actual um, Spice Girls. Right. They weren't, um, the actual Spice Girls didn't come to Hobart? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, they no. didn't. They absolutely didn't. No. Surprise. To anybody listening, the Spice Girls never quite made it to Tasmania. <laughs> um, but I love that, you know, she opens the door um, to Michael Napthali and she says, you're late. Yeah, and it's, right. it's it's actually it's actually delivered in almost like quite a direct. It's a little bit too assertive, I think, for my liking. But anyway, you're late, yeah. And and he's like, oh, yep, cool. And in he goes, and he rejects her, and and you know, she's like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And she takes it like a real pro. And and when he leaves, Michael Natfali, when he leaves, having just you know rejected her, he says, you know, some of these girls are like seasoned campaigners and it becomes second nature to accept another failed audition. That's showbiz. And I'm like, I mean, it's true. You do get used to rejection. It's part of the part of the deal, right? But I love that, you know, a failed audition. I don't know. Is a, is an, if you don't get a part, is a failed audition? Is an audition failed? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think an audition is failed because you don't get the part. Yeah. It felt a bit to me that one like... You know when someone sticks a camera in your face and asks you a question and you sort of flounder yeah, in like to Vox Pop. say something intelligent? Yeah. yeah, it did. I think he was put on the spot and he didn't really come up with the goods. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you because, you know, I actually think of, you know, if you got to this point, thousands of girls auditioned, I don't think this is a failure at all. Um, and and yeah. I think she's gone on to do some bits and pieces. I think she had a guest role on Home and Away and she's probably still working doing other things. So she, Lee Shorten's probably not worried about yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny. I just don't feel like... Compared to someone like Katie Underwood, she just Lee didn't feel like she had that je ne sais quoi, yeah. you know, the uh, the X factor, the yeah, yeah. something extra. I reckon like good solid performer, you know, you put her in a posh spice show and she'll do brilliant job every night, exactly the same way, you know. But a star, I don't. know. I think you could be right. I mean, I think that's part of it, isn't it? You know, you you can kind of see that. I think when you the fires that they do pick, the way that they are when they re- the way they react to it, and the way that they, the way they are engaging with the judges, you can just see there's a personality difference that with those girls versus the girls who are rejected. The one thing I wanted to ask you about Lee as well was, did you spot she was wearing reefs, and did you ever own a pair? Oh, firstly, 
Firstly, no, I didn't own a pair. No, I didn't spot them. I definitely and no, had I didn't some reefs. You would have owned a pair, wouldn't you? <laughs> I had some cheap Kmart rip-off gross. reefs, yes. I knew you'd hate Absolutely them. Absolutely gross. How hideous. And then I think is Jodie Joy Smith the last one? Yeah, I think she's the last one to get knocked back. Who we've never really met. No, she's got quite a bit of confidence and we've never really met her. So it's kind of weird that she, you know, she opens the door to to whoever it is, whichever judge, and she sort of sticks her head out and she goes, you can only come in if it's good news, which is weird um, and a strange thing to say. Obviously, she's pretty confident thinking she's going to get in. Um, and she's got so much makeup on. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like she she looks like she walked into a department store and tripped over every cosmetics counter and walked out with whatever was left on her face. There is so much makeup on her face. It's like stage makeup. And um, <laughs> it's true. And they sit there and they sit on a, on a futon um, to have a chat about the, you know, her experience and, and before they reject her. There was clearly a sale on futons at the time because everyone seems to Everybody have one. Everybody had a futon and they're <laughs> yeah. so uncomfortable. If you've ever sat on the or slept on a futon, they're so not the tea. Yeah, I used to, yeah, there was about a month where I slept on a futon and I think if you remember... From an earlier mini-sode, was it? Yes. I was talking about I'd slept on, in a hammock and I slept in a nest. In a wading pool. Yeah, in a wading pool. A nest. And th- actually the futon was 100 times more uncomfortable than both those things. I bet. It's so terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> terrible. And, and and they were obviously the same futon. I don't know if it was one company because the one that they sit on at this Jodie Joy Smith's house is exactly the same one as my sister had. So I feel like it was was exactly the same as the one I slept on. And I think actually my place in Redfern that I can't remember if you came to or not, but yeah, um, yeah, that we had that exact same one in in, in the red. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was just like a cheap bit of furniture that was good for students because you could fit like four or five people on it to watch a movie (laughs) and then you could fold it down (laughs) if someone needs to sleep, stay over because yeah, they're drunk. But so uncomfortable, awful, and I'm sure I have residual back issues from those <laughs> from the But it's weird. This whole scene is weird because this Jodie Joy Smith thing, like we've never really seen her. It's so strange that they're bothering. And I thought it was quite strange because the apartment is pitch black dark and they've, they've yeah. had to like spotlight her as if she's like a possum that they're hunting in the bush. It's so fucking strange. She's sitting there and somebody's like on... They've like flashed her with a with a spotlight. It's so weird. And what was really strange about it too was it was like there was another shot, like a wide shot, and the camera was in the back corner of the room. And so you got a bit of footage of the guy with the boom mic holding it towards them on the couch, her and the judge on the couch. And you, it was kind of strange because it was a bit like, oh, is this a multi-camera thing? Or like what was the point of that establishing shot? It was really, really weird. But they were fully like brightly lit up with this spotlight. It was very fucking strange. I don't know why they were doing all of this in pitch black darkness. What was wrong with opening the curtain? Well, clearly they, because it's supposed to be a surprise, they've just turned up and not thought about it. And like if they'd had someone go in 10 minutes beforehand and gone, oh, let's open a window, we might get you sitting here, there's a bit more natural light, and then we'll just reinforce it with the possum light. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. It was weird because like I I feel like a lot of the girls that got rejected were in dark houses. It was dark dark rooms. It was quite strange. I don't know if they did all the girls that they were going to give the job to in the day, um, like, you know, first up, and then they went and knocked, up, knocked back the rejects in the evening, like they were like second <laughs> <the> fiddle. time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if there was that much planning that went into it. I doubt it. It's true. But I feel like Jodie Joy probably out of all of them took it the worst maybe. I don't definitely. know if she was very happy. Oh, she yeah. def- She had a face <laughs> on her like a slapped ass at the end. 
She really did. She was not happy. She's the only one that didn't. I mean, she took it fine, but she didn't take it very well, I have to say. Yeah, so that's all That's all the, uh, let's not call them losers. Let's call them the contestants that didn't make it in. The runners-up. Yeah, the runners-up. There's a phrase for this already. <laughs> and and they, were, they were all fantastic and they obviously did a good job. They, they had to do a great job to get to where they were. So good on them. Good on you, girls. And they, half of them go on to do Pop-Tarts anyway. That's so right. They're fine. <laughs> and then the other half go on to do Neighbours and Home and Away. Um, <laughs> but we need to talk about the winners because <laughs> they're the girls that we are about to become best friends with. I suppose we should. So... I think the first one they go to is Sally. Yeah, Sally Polaronis. They go to Adelaide to her family home, which is filled with just about every member of the Adelaide Greek community. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's really nice to see her place, actually. It, it was is. very reminiscent of many of the um, family houses I visited. I agree. I, I loved it. And the yeah. family are just so sweet. They're just they're, they they're so excited yeah. and, you know. she Oh, the dad crying yes. with his little Oh, mullet. he's just lovely and all of them are. <laughs> I think her sister speaks as well and they're just also yeah. thrilled and I think the dad or the sister maybe says, you know, oh, Sally started with the Johnny Young Talent School, um, you know, and I think the dad talks about how she's just, you know, worked so hard and she's so talented and it's just so lovely to see how proud they are of her and, and she's obviously got a great personality as well. Now, the Johnny Young Talent School, I never really understood. So was it just like a national school that people would go to and then there was a te- television show about it? Or? Yeah, so basically it was there was the TV show, Young Talent Time, hosted by Johnny yeah. Young, which is where we got, um, you know, Tina Arena from and um, a bunch of different people, including national, international icon and treasure Danny Minogue. Oh, so Danny but not Kylie. Danny but not Kylie. In fact, here's a bit of uh, trivia for you. Danny had Kylie come on because Danny was the big star, not Kylie. Oh, right. I mean, we could do a whole oh. podcast series on my undying, unadulterated love for Danny. Mm-hmm. You might need a different co-host. For That's that right. One. I'll just educate you. I'll educate the people of the world on Danielle Jane okay. Minogue. But, um, yeah, Danny had Kylie come on. Danny's sister, Kylie, and they sang uh, Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves. Check it out on YouTube. Um, so the young, the young Talent Time show was one component, but then they had the Johnny Young Talent School, and that was all around the country, and it was basically, you know, you know local, local talent school for kids in theatre and, right. you know, singing, dancing, acting, and they'd go and do, you know, the same stuff that you and I would have done in, you know, little workshops and stuff. And was Johnny Young different to John Paul Young? Totally different person. So who's Johnny Young? And Johnny Young is Johnny Young of the Johnny Young Talent School. Was he one of the, not the, what's the band that did Friday on My Mind? Not a fucking clue. Who did Friday on My Mind? <laughs> Easy Beats. Oh, I don't know. I'm not or sure. Or ACDC? <laughs> Was he in ACDC? No. <laughs> no. Johnny Young, John Paul Young is, John. You, you don't need me to tell you who John Paul Young is. Love is in the air. Yeah, love is in the air. Yeah. But who's Johnny Young? Who the hell was he? Johnny Young. Johnny Young is an Australian singer. A record producer, disc jockey, television producer and host. Originally from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, uh, his family settled in Perth and Western Australia in the 1950s. What did he do? What can I tell you about him? I can't tell you much about him. Well, yeah, I'm not impressed. Oh, look, here you go. He had a career in the 1960s as a pop singer and a number one hit with the double A-side Step Back and a cover of The Strange Love's Cara Lynn. So okay. I don't really know. No wonder I haven't heard of him. But his big, his big claim to fame was the show. Anyway, so Sally, she was of the Johnny Young Talent School, lucky her. There's a great scene where they go to her workplace because clearly she's still got her retail job. Oh, yeah. And um, she's been working for Esprit, 
What did you make of that whole scene? Firstly, as somebody who spent their entire career working in retail until very recently, that would never happen. No state manager is ever that friendly, firstly, to, to say, <laughs> oh, we, we, we rostered her off just so we knew that we had so much confidence in her. Bullshit. I call bullshit. <laughs> also, can I just say I worked for a spree for a couple of, I don't know, maybe like six weeks, and it was the worst working experience of my entire life. Really? The people that worked there were so cruel and awful, so I cannot imagine... And it was probably around, oh, no, it would have been a little bit after this time, different location, of course. But um, I cannot imagine anybody at Esprit being that kind and accepting of, oh, we rusted her off so she could get the part and be available for you. And Sally rocks up to sort of go, oh, I don't want to interrupt them because they're working. thought, yeah, poor love, you probably don't because you're going to get reamed for this later. But... (laughs) One of them does make a joke like, oh, sorry, you're going to have to give two weeks' notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you think that was not a joke? That, well, I bet that wasn't a joke. I bet you she was serious. <laughs> I guarantee you it was totally serious. I bet you they made that poor girl work out two weeks. Are there, while we we're at it, are there any other retail brands you want to rag? <laughs> Do you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll, no, I, there actually there are plenty of them. That's, that's probably a mini-sode. I, love, I was so excited to work for Esprit, but... I um, unfortunately um, had a really bad experience there, and the 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 it was basically the one that I worked in was looked after by a bunch of power tripping shop girls basically, and it was I hope I hope that those people in that store have gone on to um, terrible terrible things. I hope they're living in you know the boondocks. <laughs> I hope they're living <laughs> in absolute squalor, and I yeah. hope their careers died a thousand deaths. They were awful to me and I don't mind That's right. telling Let you. it all out. Let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should move on. The next one, we uh, we all knew that Sophie was going to get in at yeah, the time, I think. Sure. So it was no big surprise when Michael Napthali goes to visit her. And bless Sophie, she seems like she's like genuinely thrilled yeah. and surprised by the news and very humbled by it. Yeah, it's so sweet. And and she does seem so genuine about it. And, you know, we, we get that little snippet of her singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President in the style of Marilyn Monroe. And we hear a little bit about how she was dancing for 14 years and singing for nine. And apparently she was a trained acrobat or something. So that's something I completely oh, didn't yeah. remember or know. Does she still do that on Beauty and the Geek? I <laughs> no, I have no idea. But I was like, really? She was an acrobat? Okay. We're going to have to find out. We're going to have to do some Googling. We're going to have to get Sophie on the show and ask her about it. Um, and, um, you know, she's just sort of just so casual and quite delightful. She's got a sunnies just sort of shoved on her head. And I don't know why yeah. everyone's wearing sunglasses in, when, in the, inside. But It's Queensland. You know, it's so funny because she goes, you know, you know, you can stay now and have some cookies, which I just love. It's just like yeah. you can imagine she meant it like genuinely. She's like, oh, well, yeah, we can get the bickies out now. And some of them have probably been put in a cupboard with a bit of glad wrap on them and then brought out, brought out a plate with them. The Kingstons with the glad wrap over them. Yeah. And the dad, the family are there, and it's quite lovely. And the dad, you know, oh, she loves the stage. She loves the lights. And, you know, you can kind of tell that now, obviously, because, you know, she's managed to pivot her career in so many different ways and been pretty um, reactive to what, you know, is working for her in a career. So I think yeah. that's kind of true of her. And obviously they could see that when she was a kid. And they make her watch, they make her awkwardly sit there and watch a video of her of her first to Steadford that she oh, was in. I find that whole thing embarrassing. Oh. It's like we need to we need to suddenly introduce these people to the world. Yeah. I know. I've got a really quick idea that I haven't thought through. Let's find a childhood video of them. Oh, totally. It's so strange. And and she's sort of sitting there watching it with everybody around her watching. It's just so awkward. And then and you know 
she's so, so proud. She says, oh, I went in the paper for that. You know, I, I oh, went in the right. paper because I lost my certificate or something it was. And uh, Yeah, there's this whole random story yeah. that should have been cut. It should not have been <laughs> in at all. It was so weird. So and awkward. I love that she then says, you know, I'm not very academic. It's all I can do. Yeah. Which is just, firstly, it's amazing. It's a great self-awareness. And I think it's interesting because now what we know of Sophie Monk and what she's become it's it's good to have that self-awareness and clearly she does and that's why she's, you know, parlayed her career into several different ventures over the years and and um, mm. I love that when Michael Knapsfly kind of walks out, he says in the driveway, you know, she obviously feels very comfortable around people. She's not deathly serious. You know, she's like wham, which I love. It's such a weird, yeah, weird Great reference after he's been talking about rock in this yeah. previous little. She's thing. like wham, <laughs> you know, and he says, you know, Sophie's perfect for that and her talent is self-evident. I think that's true. and But she's got this really great relaxed energy about her in that, in that moment. Have you noticed there's this like little weird bit when she's getting the news that she's in where they just zoom in on her holding this guy's hand as well? Like guy sitting, like clearly it's her boyfriend or something like that. Mm. And it's just very... I don't know why they do it, but I think maybe it it ties in with what Chris Moss was saying to them a couple of episodes oh, ago. Oh, about where the boyfriends. Yeah, you're going to have to give up your boyfriends yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was a, just this weird little moment where you're like, they've put that shot in for a purpose. Yeah, that's true because you didn't see boyfriends of the other girls. So may, maybe at this time she was the only one with a boyfriend or something and that's why they kind of did it. Although some of the others, not all of them have their families around them as well. Yeah, some true. of them don't still live at home and stuff. So I don't know. So every time you see Sophie's house, there seems to be a crowd of about 20 sitting in this. <laughs> <laughs> and all those rugs, those blankets covering everything. So then we've got Chantel Barry, um, you know, 19-year-old Chantel Barry, who um, just weeks ago moved to Sydney. This is what the narrator says, you know, from Perth. Um, and Jackie O rocks up to give her the news and, and it's really strange because she pl- tries to play this really cute act with this, you know, sad look on her face. She walks in all somber and she kind of goes through this whole little sp- spiel and she kind tries to kind of bait Chantel into thinking that she's not in. And it doesn't work. No. And, and it, like it almost upsets Chantel that that's how she was told, I reckon. Like she's a bit like, why the hell did you do that? I agree. She looks quite miffed about she's it. She's having to still smile for the camera. It's so weird. <laughs> and then Jackie's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And I think, oh, poor Jackie. Like, again, she's been put up to this. This has been something that somebody said, all right, Jackie, you haven't done it well enough yet. This is the time. You're going to do it now. Go in and do it exactly like this. And then they go into the house and there are about 12 flatmates sitting around and they all sort of, you know, scurry away yeah. out, of, out of the shot of the <laughs> camera. And you can just tell, like, there's, <laughs> it's one of those typical, like, studenty houses where the smell is just going to be like old towels and pot, you know. <laughs> 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 Which actually Jackie is probably used to from sitting next to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, I guarantee you that Kyle yeah. Sanderlands does not smell like pot and old Towels. They would be beautiful, fluffy, luxurious towels, and it wouldn't be pot that he smells of. And Amani code. Probably, probably be something yeah. fancy. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought um, Chantel has a really nice energy. I think she like she's just super confident. I mean, you see in her first audition, they sort of go, "What do you think we're looking for?" And she just looks at them and goes, "Me, me." Yeah, you know. And whether it's cockiness or self assuredness compared to someone like Lee that we were talking about earlier where I just sort of thought she doesn't quite have that energy. I think Chantel's probably got it. So I can really see why they probably, you know, ushered her into the band. I'm not really a fan of um, that attitude in auditions. 
it's not just specifically about Chantel, it's just anybody. I I don't like hearing when movie stars kind of tell a story about their fabulous, you know, audition and they walk into somewhere and they're so direct and they go, you know, I'm going to be your Cleopatra. Like that is just annoying to me. I really can't stand that level of it's I don't think it's confidence. I know that you just said it was. I think it's so fucking arrogant and I think it's so douchey and I think it's been done to fucking death. There's the famous one of Robin Williams where it was for Mork and Mindy, I guess, and you know, they said we're looking for an alien and you know, they've seen a hundred people already or whatever, and then he comes in and they go, All right, can you sit down for us? And he goes and he sort of sat in the chair upside down and that was the whole audition. <laughs> they were like, we found our alien because he was the only one that, you know, sat upside down in the well, chair. So that's different. That's fine because that's like a performance thing. Like, that's part of his performance that made him stand out. Like that's genius, you know, but I, I can't handle when people are like they walk in and they actually are directly, they stare people down, they kind of go like, I'm going to be your whatever. I am your whatever. Or what do you think sets you apart for X, Y, Z to be this person, this character? And they go, I am this person. It's like, fuck off, you loser. I, I, one of the things that is so cringy that drives me to fucking distraction is like audition stories, like so bad. And like how you got famous. You know, the whole story about Delta Goodrum sending her demo to Glenn Wheatley? No. Wrapping it in Sydney Swans wrapping paper because she knew that Glenn Wheatley loved Sydney Swans. Fuck off. <laughs> what a load of absolute pig shit that is. Who fucking believes that? Didn't someone, Kesha or someone like that, broke into Prince's house and left a single or something? Kesha did. <laughs> that could be, hang on. I think you probably need to Google that before you go accusing yeah, people let's, of uh, breaking yeah. and entering. Yeah, let's call that one a fiction for now. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're, the Prince, it was, you know, they're all imaginary characters. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to Belinda Chapel, who, you know. She sort of comes across a bit cocky as well yeah, in a way. Yeah, she does, doesn't but, she? But also she's like 24, so she's older. So she's had a lot more experience. You know, she, she's not as young and naive as the other girls who are receiving the camera crew in their house. She's, you know, mm. 24 and she's a bit more, you know, they, they, the, the narrator sort of says, you know, she's a singer, dancer and model. And, you know, she's had a lot of experience doing a lot of things. So I guess in a way this is just a bit of par for the course for her. But it's nighttime, it's quite strange and, and it's quite weird. And when they go in the house, you know, she's got some, there's some woman sitting on the floor on a phone call. like <laughs> On the old Telstra standard issue yeah, phone. Yeah, like I it's so it. weird. <laughs> they walk into, the, walk into the lounge room to talk to Belinda and there's this random woman just sitting on the floor on a white slimline telephone chatting away to somebody with the cord stretched right out. And Belinda just sits on the perches on the couch with Michael Knapp's the light. It's so weird. It's so strange. But I will say... Belinda's hair is so 2000s. It's so fabulous. And I think it was the whole time through Bardo as well. Like she was very, very like exactly on point, I think, the whole time. And actually, I think I, I remember, and, I, and now you've watched a few episodes ahead, so this might not be very fair for you to say, but I remember from 20 years ago watching it for the first time that there's a scene, there's a, there's a montage of all the girls getting their hair cut and coloured at some point. And I remember her getting sort of what they refer to as caramel streaks or caramel highlights. Oh, right. And, and I remember. Yeah, this doesn't ring a bell. I, I might be wrong. I'm sure it's her. I'm sure it's this show. And they, 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 they give her caramel highlights. They talk about them. And, and I remember. Katie Underwood getting her hair dyed really, really, really red and all of them kind of having this different haircut done. And I, I just have these real memories of Belinda's hair being just fabulous the whole time. I like to, you can sort of see the couch they're sitting on. There are, you know, the cushions are all matched and arranged nicely and the 
couch matches the curtain, like the curtains hanging off the thing a bit. <laughs> you can sort of see perhaps the beginning of her interior design career that she went it's, on to that's after. That's probably true, you know. I mean, she's yeah. probably, actually, that's true. Aesthetically, she's probably got that whole thing down pat, you know, it's something that's in her. Um, and I love that Michael Napthali just, he really hits the nail on the head, you know. Um, you know, she's going to be a natural. She looks great. She's going to add a lot to the group. And, of course, she does, and she is an absolute natural, and you can just kind of tell that she's that, in a way, she's kind of that, not the captain of the ship, but you can just kind of tell that she's really got that stability and she's got that skill and she's got that determination and focus. That's kind of my impression of her anyway. And a little, yeah, a little bit more maturity, I guess. Yeah, well, the it? benefit of age, I guess. She, Her reaction, I think it was a bit of a scandal at the time because she just sort of claps a little bit and goes, oh, yay, when the news is broken to her. Was there, do you, do you think they did a retake? Yeah, or, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I watched it back and I was like, oh, she's not very shocked or she's not very excited or she's not very happy. It's just a bit more like oh, yay. the yay. look on her face, she's waiting for it to be said and she's like, oh, great, that's really great. Like, yeah, she gets her mum on the phone and that's right, yeah. she's like, oh, I'm going to have to call you back, mum, afterwards. But, yeah, okay, okay then, bye. And she hangs up and she, it's, it's I don't know, it just feels kind of a bit underwhelming and a bit, I don't know, I, I do think it probably was a second call, a second uh, take, I think. Yeah, they must have redone it, I think, because... As if you just go, oh, yay, you know, yeah. <laughs> clap a little bit. This, oh, yay, and this little like playful kind of like weird sort of half clap things, opera claps. It was very strange. And because she's too confident for that reaction. I don't buy that reaction from Belinda. No, I don't either. I'm glad you said that. And the polar opposite of that, I guess, is Katie Underwood's reaction. What a great reaction. Is, I mean, first of all, the way Jackie O tells us that she's in is really awkward because she just kind of goes, Oh, you know, I've got this little plane ticket here for you. And Katie just looks at it confused and then opens it up and she's like, oh, is this a, like, reveal, you know, the winner is sort of envelope thing? And Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jackie O sort of just goes, oh, maybe, you know, we'll have a look. And then Katie gets the ticket out and she's like, Jackie O has to go, it's a ticket to Sydney. And Katie's still confused. And then Jackie goes, because you're in the group. You're in the group. And then finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, so isn't awkward. it? It's just such yeah. an un, it's like, it's just such a not well executed moment. Yeah, dreadful. And and not well received either. I, I suppose that's part, part and parcel because it's a delivery. But I mean, I just, I love Katie Underwood in that moment. She looks so fucking good. Oh, her outfit's great. And she's, I mean, again, <laughs> I think she's a little bit older than than the other ones, the younger ones. And and she's in this really lovely home. And, and when she gets this, the actual words from Jackie O, you're in the group, she's mm-hmm. screaming and she jumps up and she's so excited. Now, that's the reaction that I wanted from all of them. Like, I, I mean, the, you're being handed this incredible opportunity. This was so genuine to me anyway. It's like there's five seconds of unbridled joy yes. that suddenly comes out of her. And then she just sort of sits back down and she kind of goes very deadpan. I'm very happy about this. Like, I love it so much. Like, it's so perfect. And then she says to her mum, oh, open up the wine. I think I'll have that wine now, whatever. And her mum, her mum is, you know, she opens up this champagne and whatever and she pours a glass. Her mum is fabulous. What a babe her mum is. Katie Underwood's mum, don't you think? Oh, Yeah, and then her dad Larry comes in and he does not want to be on television. Larry the librarian or something, he just sort of shuffles in and he's like, oh, that's really fantastic news. And off he goes and, you know, he has a drink with them and he just seems so friendly and lovely and sweet and all that stuff. He does. He's so proud, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, mean, he's the most Adelaide-looking man ever. (laughs) (laughs) Very. But, he's yeah, he's clearly so happy. He's the most Adelaide-looking man and her mum is the the most non-Adelaide-looking woman. She is fucking fabulous. If they did a Real Housewives of Adelaide, 
in the year 2000, Mrs. Katie Underwood, the mum, fucking sign her up. So I thought we could talk quickly about a topic that I'm very well versed in is rejection and failure, <laughs> which I've <laughs> seen a lot of in my time. <laughs> sure. I don't know how many e- emails I've had. Thank you for your submission. As you can understand, we're very busy at the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you've had your fair share, but have you, because you've done like bigger sort of management roles than I have mm-hmm. probably, have you ever had to tell people they haven't got a job? Oh, like not even bullshitting, hum- probably hundreds of times at this point. Really? Yeah, hundreds. All right. I mean, my whole career has been in retail and, I, I mean, I would say, I don't know, 17 years in retail, I'd have to have rejected, I don't know, 500 people probably. So what's your tactic? Um, well, I think you have to really, I think you have to be really transparent and honest and give some clear feedback. I, as a candidate myself, hate not getting feedback. I hate not getting told why I didn't get the job. I don't like being told, you know, sort of a half-assed excuse. So I've always really tried to kind of give some kind of depth and meaning to the to the to the knockback. I mean, it's not perfect every time. Of course, it can't be. But but I think you know you got to kind of approach it fairly and you know explain to somebody why they did miss the mark on this occasion. And sometimes it's not about that person. Sometimes it's just that somebody else was better. Yeah. Should we uh, let it play out? So do you want to pretend you're calling me? Do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the job that you're going for? Um, so it was for, I don't know what, what's the retail job, stacking the shelves in the back, something. Okay. Well, that, that would be like a stock coordinator or a stock controller, or do you want to be a shop person? You want to be somebody on the floor? Um, well, neither really, but <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not have to see the customers. <laughs> okay. So you want to be a stock controller Yeah, and, and we're presuming that. that you've got no experience like you haven't. <laughs> yeah. No experience. <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do, we're going to go ring, ring, okay. ring, ring. Hello. Hey, is this Alex? Hi, yeah, this is Alex. Hi, Alex. This is Alexander calling from Fruity Alexia. How are you going? Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping to hear from you. It's been a been a you know a couple of days since we last met and talked through your last interview, and you know we've had a lot of people to meet, and it's been yeah. fantastic meeting everybody for the yeah, role. Great. Uh, you know, look, we had great applicants, great candidates. We love meeting with you, and we think you have some fantastic skills. Um, you know, unfortunately, though, we have actually um, offered the position to somebody else. Huh. Um, and, and that's really because that person had, you know, some fantastic skills in that space. And that's not to say that you didn't, it's just that this person had, you know, some skills that perhaps more, more applicable. So Um, which, what skills were those that I didn't have then? Well, the fact that you've had absolutely no stock controlling experience in your career. Yeah, but is it it really that hard? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Do you know what? There are people who work in retail listening to this podcast right now who are seething at this. It is, you know, retail. Well, this isn't, in the reality of the podcast though, this is a call still. Oh, okay. Sorry. So sorry. I just, (laughs) I've taken us out of it. uh... (laughs) Taking us out of it. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Let me just go back, put my game face back on. So what skills did they have that I didn't have that, you know, I can work on for next time? <laughs> I just want everybody listening to know that Alex has put me on the spot here and we've got no background, so I don't have a resume that I can read from. Um, okay, what skills didn't you have? I'm gonna have to yeah. make them up. Controlling stock. <laughs> so yeah, look, we yeah. had some we had some people who, who applied for the role who, you know, the person we've offered it to has come from a retailer, a similar retailer, and they have some experience in this space you know, working in stock rooms and, you know, at the point we are in the business, you know, with, with everything that's happening in the, in the retail environment right now, we really need to, you know, make sure that we've found the right person. We also, you know, just feel that, that you know, perhaps from a 
you know, personality and cultural fit. Perhaps, you know, we needed um, uh, somebody, you know, who was more aligned to the management style of the team, the leadership team we have in that store. Right. And what style was that? Was I not, was I too friendly? I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you were that friendly. <laughs> um, was my CV too good? What did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do wrong? Yeah. I, I can tell you now, yeah, nobody asks this many questions when they're rejected. <laughs> no, they just immediately they accept it and they're like, okay, and they hang up and then they swear about you behind your back. Oh, it's hardly, whatever, it's hardly squirming. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if it was, this was a real thing and somebody kept asking me questions like this, yeah. I would have no problem at one point saying to them, you know, Alex, as I've explained, unfortunately the role has been offered to somebody else. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry that this is not, you know, you've not taken this very well. And, you know, I, I hope you can understand where, where I'm coming from, where we're coming yeah. from with, with the information we've given you. And we look, we really wish you all the best, you know, with your future endeavors. Yeah. And so I, I actually have to jump on another call now. So if you'll excuse me, enjoy the rest of your day. And I'd probably right. just like end it and shut it down because people never, ever ask all these questions. People right. are always just like, fine, I've been rejected at the end. You know what I mean? They just accept it. So you've never had to get to the point where you're like, Okay, you stank of garlic, you hadn't brushed your hair, you weren't wearing any shoes. That's why we didn't hire you. Not for those exact reasons, but I've certainly <laughs> talked about, I've certainly told people that they've come for a job to work in beauty and cosmetics and they have come with no makeup on. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. When they've asked, you know, for questions, you know, they've asked why, um, you know, specifically, um, well, part of the role is re- requires you to wear makeup, you turned up to your interview with no makeup, which is obviously very important to us because you're going to be selling a makeup product and we've seen you, you know, without any makeup on, how are we supposed to know that you can't, can do makeup? This explains so much as to why I'm not getting jobs at the moment. I'm not wearing (laughs) any makeup. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) We have, what did you say? I was going to say, it's hard not dancing every time that comes up, actually. It Even is. if I do say so myself. <laughs> Whenever that music comes on, I just think I'm immediately transported to, like, some trashy gay bar. And I'm, you know, 20 years ago, and I'm, like, drunk drinking Blue Curacao and Lemonade. Blue Curacao, sorry, and Lemonade. Oh, good. Well, that's exactly what it was designed for, you know, to transport right? people back to an earlier time. Well, and it transports me, and I thank you for that. Um, so, look. <laughs> Those of you listening at home, we have an Instagram. So send us a DM, <laughs> squirt us a like, <laughs> squirt us a like. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if anyone missed this last time, uh, that's Alexander being very professional and reading straight off the script and I always put in this stupid word there to try and trip him up. <laughs> Look, I am a professional. So mm. we have an Instagram. Send us a DM. Squirt us a like. There you go. Fine. Use that cut. Use that take instead. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> so once you've squirted the like, follow the link in the description of this very podcast to our ACAST support page. And I don't really know what do people, if they if they send us money, what are they getting out of it? Hours and hours of free entertainment is my answer. Well, they're, <laughs> they're buying into our, they're buying into the dream. The Fruity Alexia dream. They're buying into uh, a friendship that has withstood the test of time. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, I think there are very few people who have friendships that have remained as strong and as close as ours over this period of time. And, you know, geographic distance and, you yeah. know, all sorts of different things. And so people are buying <laughs> into our dream. And it's That's getting very, very testing and we really need to start getting paid in order to keep it going, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what, the friendship? <laughs> the friendship. The podcast, fine, but the friendship, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, look, I don't doubt it, actually. You know, there are many times where I've thought over the years, I've thought, God, Alex really deserves to be paid to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) And there are people listening to this who are, like, nodding, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, look, new episodes of uh, Fruity Alexia are published every Friday with mini-sodes on Tuesday. And, you know... (laughs) <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Clearly it's getting to the end of the podcast because my brain is tying itself up into little knots. You know, in radio, they have a song every, you know, five minutes so they can, you know, have a breather. They can think about what they're saying. They can work out what went wrong and what they can do better in the next bit. We just do this in one block. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is whilst that is true, radio yeah. is live. This is not live. So you can cut and edit this however you like. You can at any time. You can at any time just take a breather and say, Alexander, I just need a break. So I don't know why you're bitching and moaning about it. You could <laughs> you could you could have had a break this whole fucking time, but you haven't. Yeah. It's true. I guess I'm just not used to talking. Like I remember earlier in the year, you know, working from home, there were and you know, no one else was in the house for a couple of days. I literally didn't speak to anyone for two and a half days and I lost my voice and it went croaky and I went to talk to people afterwards and like I got really raspy after about half an hour of chatting. Anyway, (laughs) that's enough about me. (laughs) And now here you are. And then your solution for that was to start a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Just to, it's really just so I can get my vocal cords warmed up again. And how's that going for you? Oh, look, it's going okay. I'm also trying to fix my posture at the moment. So everything's sore. Have you ever tried to do that? I'm trying to like get my shoulders back and it's a nightmare anyway, but I did I, I have tried to do that. Perhaps you should go to the chemist and get yourself a back brace or something. Yeah, I'm wearing one right now. It's very discreet. <laughs> Can you see? Put it under my jumper. Anyway. <laughs> this is not a visual medium, so no one else would have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> visual for me. Everyone else is just gonna have to imagine it. Well, that's probably enough rabbiting on for now. You've got to get to work. I've got to go and do my um, yoga videos and <laughs> edit the podcast. It's true. Yeah. There's a lot to do today. There is a lot to do. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. See you later. to the management style of the team, the leadership team we have in that store. Right. And what style is that? Was I not was I too friendly? Was I, I too know. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say you were that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say you were I'm gonna hang on with this thing. Sorry. Was my CV too good? What did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do wrong? Yeah. I, I can tell you now, yeah, nobody asks this many questions when they're rejected. <laughs> no, they just immediately accept it and they're like, okay, and they hang up and then they swear about you behind your back. All right, yeah. Generally, as a rule of thumb, I think I'm going to sneeze again. Um, <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.